Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, it took a quarter and a half, and we have our first challenge of pass interference in NFL history. Just happened. The Broncos challenged a pass interference call on one of their defensive backs, and the call stood. So as anticlimactic as that was, there's the first one. We'll be talking about this a lot as the preseason and regular season goes along. I, look, I will tell you again, the first four weeks of the season, four to six weeks, I don't think we're going to be able to escape the storyline. It's going to lead everything on Mondays after the, the, the Sunday games are complete and that night. It's going to be everywhere. Everybody's going to be whining and complaining about it one way or the other. There's just too many of these calls that are so close that one fan base is going to see a pass interference call one way. The other one's going to see it another way. The national talking head's going to see it this way. Uh, you know, Peter King's going to see it another way. And then you're just going to have nothing but chaos for <laughs> first four weeks of the season. Now, sitting where I am, I guess it's going to be kind of fun. We're going to be covering it. going to give us a lot to talk about. I don't think it's going to be that fun when we're actually watching this games because it will be inescapable. But there it was, first one in the books. And I guess you can mark down the Denver Broncos from doing that in the Hall of Fame game. And again, it was overturned. Let's bring on in John Hendricks, the managing editor of Canal Street Chronicles, to talk some Saints camp. Michael Thomas was out there today. John, how's it going tonight? Doing good, man. It's kind of shocked that they took all of 10 seconds to review that pass interference call, too. <laughs> I, I, John, I... I I don't even know what to make of this yet other than it had to happen after what happened in the Superdome in January, but maybe it's, it is the case of be careful what you wish for because, oh boy, I mean, are we going to be doing this on, you know, four times a game more than that maybe? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I try to make light of the situation, but I said, you know, the ironic or thing that's going to happen is, is this is going to come down to a game where it, it just totally jobs the Saints. And then we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, what the heck happened? But, uh, you know, you hope it doesn't uh, affect the game like they think it will. But, you know, after what happened last year, uh, last season in that title game, I mean, they said clear and obvious. And, I mean, you watch the replays, you look at it from every angle, it's clear, about as clear and obvious as you could get. So, Look, if they got to get it right that way, I think, uh, you know, was the way Roger Goodell stresses the integrity of the game, then you have to factor in things like that. Yep, I guess you're right. So Michael Thomas at camp, uh, John, everybody's saying glad to have Mike back. Drew saying his other receivers needed to have Thomas back. And, and I guess everybody's kind of echoed that, right, that it is really important to have Thomas, especially this year in the camp. Yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, everybody was optimistic that this would get done. And obviously the Saints, you know, extended some goodwill, making right on, on Will Lutz, their kicker, and, and signing him to an extension, doing Cam Jordan an extension. And, you know, Michael Thomas, look, I think he has uh, plenty of arguments there of not wanting to take it, they take the field. I mean, look what happened to A.J. Green in Cincinnati. Now he's going to probably be out for six to eight weeks, just depends, and miss some regular season time. So, 
look, I don't think you can blame Michael Thomas, you know, getting south of $1.5 million this year, and now he's a lot richer. But, look, he's always going to be an important part of this offense, whether Drew Brees is around or not, uh, just because that's the player you get with Michael Thomas. But him and, and Brees have something special. And, look, that wide receiver group had a chance to kind of – to prove themselves a little bit without Thomas in the lineup. And now he's back. He's definitely the clear cut number one guy. And uh, everybody else has to kind of get in line and try to play up the level that he does every day. It's interesting. You mentioned the other guys we were able to see John, because we've seen standout days almost from all of them. Certainly Emmanuel Butler, when he's been out there, Keith Kirkwood has had a couple of nice days. Traquan Smith seems to be developed a lot further than he was in year one. You think this, this group around Michael Thomas is going to be good enough where they won't have the problems they had at the end of the season last year? Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring the end of the season up because, you know, Kirkwood had a good stretch on there. Traquan Smith had a good stretch. But I, I think back to, to 2017 playoffs and against the, the Vikings and obviously last year and such, and I think that's a, the huge miss that these, these receivers, they were able to show out a little bit and show up a little bit somewhat in, in the regular season. But when it counted in the playoffs – you just found receivers that just could not get separation, could not be on the same route. It was a lot of uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas in the mix. So, look, no matter who they go with, you know, the thing is, you, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get out of the regular season. But when it counts the most, you're going to have to get these guys uh, to, to just go to another level in the playoffs, kind of like what Michael Thomas did. I just He turned it up just another notch. And for some of these guys, uh, you know, the Traquan Smith, Keith Kirkwood, whether it's Emmanuel Butler, whether it's uh, Rashard Matthews, another intriguing guy that's in camp. Um, they have got to make sure that these guys are uh, tip-top shape when it comes to playoffs. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're chatting with John Hendricks, managing editor and author at Canal Street Chronicles, at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. It's a lot of the national talking heads, John. And I know Colin Cowherd made the rounds uh, this week, especially here locally, uh, predicting. And in Colin's defense, he's been right the last few years when he predicts these things. Uh, are, are these national talking heads right? Or are we going to see an unexpected you know, downfall decline from the Saints? Well, look, I mean, these national talking heads have said that Drew Brees has been in decline since he's turned 35. So, you know, I mean, that's just uh, one of those things. You know, I, I get it because you, you – and this is kind of the same talk we had last year, right? The Saints were never supposed to get over the Minneapolis miracle, but they did, and they made the NFC Championship game. I mean, you know, obviously the way that things played out this – this past season, that's even more of a sour taste in my mouth, obviously, because you, you had a trip to the Super Bowl lined up, and that was it. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like with Sean Payton, what he preaches with his, his team uh, is the resilience factor. And it's not just fluff. It's true. I mean, you see these guys that really take take issue with it, and they want to do a good job. And I think this young nucleus is very hungry and wants to make sure that they send Drew Brees out, you know, uh, with bells and – uh, given the royalty treatment and all that good stuff. So I feel that, you know, maybe success won't come as easily this season because they've got a, a pretty interesting schedule, especially coming out of the gate. But, look, I still think they're some of the favorites to get where they need to go and, and make a real run at the Super Bowl. Yeah, and people, I guess, in my mind, John, they're acting like, well, these players are robots. They're not supposed to remember at all what happened to them in January, the guys who were here. It just it seems unrealistic to me, right? I guess it's just trying to put that behind you i mean i don't look i've never been in a situation like that like they're going through i suppose so i don't exactly know how you deal with that and, and you know put that in the rearview mirror 
Yeah, I look, I think uh, if a player like Marcus Williams can put it behind him, then I think some people can, can do stuff like that too. It's just, you know, I think you got to obviously, you know, you can't just forget about that elephant in the room. And obviously when they meet the Rams in week two, that's all you're going to see is that particular play and, and over and over and over again. And obviously they're going to have to watch film from the championship game and just different things. So, look, I think as a player deep down, you understand that there's going to be a little extra juice when it comes down to, to playing that game or doing anything with that. But, um, you know, playing sports, I, I played hockey a good bit when I was growing up and I've had been on those type of just heartbreaking defeats or whatever. And you just got to go out there, do your thing, and, and just hope for the best and, and make sure you, you try to put it past you. What else is standing out to you at camp, John? Oh, I think Jared Cook is, is a big guy to dominate the storylines and just the way he's been dealing with uh, Drew Brees. I think with the Eric McCoy, you want to see a lot more from him. But, you know, I think what he's doing as a rookie coming in and, and kind of trying to solidify himself as that starting center has, has been encouraging for sure. Um, you know, I think those are the two biggest, biggest things right there. And, and uh, I just feel that, that with Jared Cook, he just brings just that element to the offense. I think that you see it from fans, you see it from the media, that, that there's so much excitement about Jared Cook. And it's just one of those that you're like, no, you're trying not to get ahead of yourself. You're trying not to be like, oh, Jimmy Graham, blah, 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 all this other good stuff. But he's just bringing an element that's been missing from the Saints passing game. And you could just see it all unfold. And it's really going to be exciting to see how they attack with him and bring him to the offense. And, uh, you know, again, we mentioned Eric McCoy. He's going to be a big part of how that success is going to transpire. Hey, it's easy to see why everybody gets enamored with Jared Cook. I mean, his physical tools are are pretty remarkable. The size, the strength, and, he, and he's kind of charismatic even when he's up at the mic. I understand why wherever he's been, John, Jared Cook's kind of been the talk of, of those camps. Yeah, and look, I mean, this is a player who hasn't really been on an elite offense and had an elite QB, and uh, you know, the Saints vertical game, whatever they, they want to, to do, they have a guy that can really stretch the field, somebody's reliable. Um, obviously, when you lost Ben Watson, it was just kind of one of those, well, you got your veteran presence, a tight end that can really be a, a good good uh, option for Drew Brees in this offense. But, again, you see Jared Cook in coming in that he's just going to be that guy, and, and he's a veteran. He's been around the league. He understands how things work. And, you know, his mindset mentality, yes, there's charisma there, and he's also very humble and extremely uh, about working and working the process and making sure he improves and perfects the process, and that's ultimately one of the reasons why the Saints found a perfect pairing with him. He's John Hendricks, managing editor of SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles, covering the Saints. Find it there, his coverage, all camp lawn, and on Twitter at John J. Hendricks. John, appreciate the chat, man. We'll do it again. All right, man. Appreciate you, Seth. All right. We'll take a break for news when we come back. I want to talk just briefly about Teddy Bridgewater, who's up at the podium today. Says he feels wanted by Sean Payton and the Saints. Interesting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.